27, verses 1 through 7. Listen for the word of God. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God, who is gracious with song of praise. The Lord builds up Jerusalem and gathers the outcasts of Israel. God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. God determines the number of the stars and gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. God's understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the downtrodden. God casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God on the lyre, on the lyre. Our second scripture reading comes from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 21 through 31. Listen for the word of God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is God who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when God blows upon them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. The one who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name, because God is great in strength, mighty in power. Not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. God does not faint or grow weary. The Holy One's understanding is unsearchable. God gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. All but 
alone, smoking his last cigarette. I said, where you been? He said, ask anything. Where were you when everything was falling apart? All my days were spent by the telephone that never rang when all I needed was a call that never came to the corner of First and Amistad. Lost and insecure, you found me, you found me lying on the floor. Surrounded, surrounded, why'd you have to wait? Where were you? Where were you just a little late? You found me, you found me. But in the end, everyone ends up alone, losing her, the only one who's ever known who I am, who I'm not, who I want to be. Know how long she will be next to me. Lost and insecure. You found me, you found me lying on the floor. Surrounded Surrounded, why'd you have to wait to find me, to find my You found me, you found me. The early morning, the city breaks, and I've been calling years and years and years and years and you never left me no messages you never sent me no letters some kind of nerve taking all our love lost and insecure you found me you found me lying on the floor where were you, where were you, lost and insecure? You found me, you found me lying on the floor. Surrounded, surrounded, why'd you have to wait? Where were you, where were you, just a little late? You found me. You found me. Why'd you have to wait to find me, to find me? not known 
Have you not heard that our God is an everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? Such hopeful words that sound so empty and vacuous when you can't find God. When all you sense is God's absence, words like these fall on deaf ears. Like the writer of the song we just heard, songwriter Isaac Slade, interesting his name is Isaac and we're reading from Isaiah, he says about this song, it's a tough song for me. It's about the disappointment, the heartache, the letdown that comes with life. Sometimes you're let down. Sometimes you're the one who lets someone else down. It gets hard to know who you can trust and who you can count on. This song, he says, came out of a tough time, and I'm still right in the thick of it. There's some difficult circumstances in my family and friends that they've been going through over the past year or so, and it's overwhelming. It wears on me. It demands so much of my faith to keep believing, he says, to keep hoping in the unseen. Sometimes the tunnel has a light at the end, but it just looks black as the night. And yet Isaiah writes, our God does not faint or grow weary. Really? Really? Then why doesn't God show up when we most need God? Why is God so late in finding this young songwriter who says, I'm still in the thick of it? Now, You've probably heard me preach enough to know what my pat answer is going to be. Oh, God is, of course, present in that young man's life. God is always with us. God is with us when we are most alone. You know, that's the way BJ and I preach, right? All optimism all the time. Yeah. I used to have this poem when I was a young pastor, uh, Footprints. Many of you know it, right? You know, the one where you say, where were you, God? I only saw one set of footprints when I was most alone and most needed you. And, you know, Christ says, oh, that was when I carried you. And that sounds really good when our faith is whole. But not so much when we're in the thick of it. You see, I believe in that poem that Christ is carrying us through the toughest times. But I also believe that we don't always know that. That we do not always hear God that we do not always sense God with us. And I've read enough scripture to know that if scripture gives us any truth at all, there are enough truths expressed there to verify that indeed there are times when God is absent. Yeah, I said it. There are times when God is truly absent. Isaiah writes these words after years of the Israelites living in exile. Why? Well, earlier, Isaiah tells them, it's your fault. You turned your back on God, so God turned God's back on you. Happens to the Israelites over and over again. What happens to Job when the devil decides to make his life hard? God doesn't even bother to intervene. What happens?
happens to Jesus when he is hanging on that cross. He says, why, why, God, have you forsaken me? The absence of God. Where were you? Where were you? A little late. Whether any of these stories of scripture are empirically true is not the issue. They are spiritually true. They are true to our human experience. In what St. John of the Cross termed the dark night of the soul, we sense God's absence. When we are in the depths of despair, we sense the utter loneliness of life and its tragedies. Now, I've preached against this truth many times, mostly because I hate to admit the times when I sense the absence of God. It doesn't seem like a very preacherly thing to admit to. But last summer, I reconnected with a brother clergyman of mine who has been preaching very similar sermons to those that I preach about God's ever-present love, about God's unconditional love, always with us no matter what. And then he told me about this experience he's had in the last couple years of the absence of God. When he and his wife of many years divorced, he lost the love of his life, and he understood the divorce, but he was grieving deeply. And in the midst of that grief, my friend, who for years has preached the same sermons I preach about God's everlasting, unconditional, always present love, when he told me with absolute conviction that he had experienced the complete absence of God for months after his divorce, I had to face this truth that God's absence may be as real for us as God's presence. And the odd thing is, this can be good news. For in a stormy night without electricity, we truly appreciate the gifts of light and heat when they return. I know that in my friend's story, out of God's utter absence, my friend rediscovered the people around him that he had for years taken care of and never allowed to care for him. He rediscovered how much he needs community and friendship. And then when God returned to his life, he truly appreciated the depth and the breadth of God's love that was with him, a love that he had mostly taken for granted all of his adult life. Even when the songwriter of Michael's song this morning looks into that never-ending tunnel of despair, he writes his last sentence in his biography about this song, says, this song is about that feeling of utter despair, and the hope that I have buried deep in my soul. Have you not known? Have you not heard our God is the everlasting God? 
creator of the ends of the earth. Our God strengthens the powerless and lifts up the downtrodden. There is power and wonder in these words of scripture. Power and wonder that sometimes falls on deaf ears in a world where we take power for granted, where there's so much human power that we forget we couldn't possibly name all of the stars in the universe. But we have so much power that we forget we always need one another. But when Isaiah was writing, it was a different day. These were the days when Native Americans told of Grandfather Great Spirit creating the Thunderbolt Kingdom to terrify them during storms. These were the days when the Hebrew people contemplated God debating with other gods and with Satan himself about the fate of humankind. These were the days when the Greeks blamed a bad storm on Zeus or a party gone amok on Dionysius. Oh, there's some teenagers in town that would like to take on that idea. These were the days when the Egyptian leaders, they lifted themselves up as gods. And then they lived in utter fear that if they displeased the gods, they would be toppled from power. Into this world, Isaiah proclaims that our God is greater than all of those gods. Our God is the everlasting God, not wavering, not changing his mind, but lifting us up on the wings of eagles. That our God is not unpredictable, changing with the winds, or neglecting us if we don't dance just right or worship just so. But the one who sides with the downtrodden and with the powerless and the oppressed. This is our God who lifts up and renews our strength, who wants the very best for us, even when we sense that God is completely absent. This is our God, the same God who came as a vulnerable tiny baby to remind us how very much we need each other. This is our God who walked amongst us, as a kind and gentle man and a challenging and harsh prophet, demanding justice and offering grace at the same time. This is the God that Christians call Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. This is the God who comes to us in the breaking of the bread and the drinking of the cup whose very spirit lives in us, working with us, working through us, working in us, so that we might show God's presence to one another, even when God is absent. So that we might give help to the faint and strength to the weak. So that we might heal the brokenhearted and gather in the outcasts so that everyone belongs. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Our God is an everlasting God of steadfast love.
the creator of the ends of the earth and the unnamed stars, the one who loves us and lives in us and with us. That's what Holy Communion is all about. That's what the community of faith is all about. It's about God's love for us, a reminder that God is with us, a reminder that God is in this community as surely as God has ever been in this world. God with us, the Spirit living in us, Christ flowing through us, through each and every one of us. And so in this time of Holy Communion, when we gather together to take of the bread and drink of the wine, remember that all are welcome at God's table, that all belong, and that we as a community of faith are God's presence for one another and for the lost and the lonely and the downcast and the downhearted. In this time of Holy Communion, God is with us not just in the breaking of the bread or the sharing of the cup, not just in the remembrance of Christ walking life's journey with us, but in the gathered community, at the table of God's love, being God's love for one another. God is present, for you are present. We are present for one another. As Christ, as God, to ease each other's burdens, to share each other's journeys, to renew our strength, and to give us the confidence to mount up with wings like eagles. What confidence? Even the Wright brothers have nothing on us. Because with this confidence, with this strength of community, of God's love always with us, we can run with perseverance the race set before us. We can walk with God without fainting away, even in God's holy presence. And we can find each other when we are lost, when we are alone, when we are desperate. For we need never be alone. We are one with each other, one with the Spirit of God, and one in the promise that God is with us.